0: Hello and welcome to the Engagement Express, the podcast series for HR engagement and internal communication professionals designed to give you tips and tricks on how to increase engagement in your organisation. My name is Katie Siche and I'm a global internal communications and collaboration consultant who spent the last 20 years working with global organisations to increase their engagement. Now today, I'm joined by a really interesting guest from Amplio. His name is Trung Tran. The Trung is a former DARPA program manager and earned a BSEE from the U.S. Air Force Academy and an MBA from Wharton University of Pennsylvania. He has spent the last 17 years in Silicon Valley, developing 72 products with $2.2 billion in revenue. His interests include machine learning, data analytics, and non-conventional computer architecture. But welcome Trung. So I'm delighted today to welcome Trung from Amplio, who's the CEO of the organization, and they've launched this amazing app, which has been created to support employee well-being. Now Trung, it's amazing to have you here on the podcast today, and I'm really delighted because wellbeing is such a topical um, thing right now and has been for some time. I don't see it slowing down. Do you? No, no, I think there's definitely a
1: a trend in today's society where, you know, people are taking mental health and their individual happiness more seriously than they have in the past. I think, you know, a lot of times, especially in America and some other cultures where it's about work and what you can achieve, I think a lot of that's kind of been reversed recently that uh, people, you know, not sure they want to pay the price for success anymore. And that's, uh, and the companies have to understand that as well. So I think that, that's a big trend. I think, you know, the pandemic, especially kind of reinforced that, you know, without the commute capping your day, like you beginning your day and end your day with a uh, commute with the car or on the on the, the tube, you know, you, you didn't know when to stop working. And so people were working uh, well beyond their time. They normally would at home because they didn't know how to stop, right? They didn't know how to kind of cap themselves. And that led to 76% of people being burnt out last year. And it also, I would say, contributes to the great resignation when you're at home, you're you're tired, you have your kids yelling at you because they're home from school, you're trying to do your job and, you know, you have these Zoom meetings to lay at night and you're like, do I really want this lifestyle? And I think that led to a lot of the great resignation, right? When people say, you know, maybe, you know, I don't need this job. Maybe with the pandemic and everything else, I can do better, right? <laughs> you know, I can take the time to think about it. And so. I think that's kind of spurred companies a bit, you know, on the mental health front because they need to keep these employees. Yeah. It's getting harder yeah. and harder to hire, and oftentimes the, the people that are getting burnt out, they're working too many hours, they're working too hard, are your best employees. They're the ones that care the most about the company, right? right. And so, from that standpoint, not only do you have to replace someone, you have to replace one of your best people, the one the most engaged, your customers, the one working hardest on your project, right? And that's just a vicious cycle for a company, right? you know, so we see that, you know, the companies want to do something. They they have to do something to kind of improve the culture, you know, because, you know, why would you do the job, right? Why would mm. you, oh, uh, you work hard to kind of accomplish something if you don't feel there's a, the reward is worth it, right? Right. And you have to feel supported. You have to feel like the company is not using you as a, a number or as a, a you know, but sees you as a person, right? And that's a lot of what's driving, I think, the, the trend that we see in the marketplace today.
0: It's interesting what you talk about in terms of the uh, pandemic really driving the importance of well-being, because as you say, there's no commute to break up the day and you're in your house, you're living, you're in your house, you're playing, you're in your house, you're working, you're in that one space. Unless, of course, you're lucky enough to have a, a co-working environment or perhaps you're uh, you know, wily enough to go and find an alternative working space like a cafeteria or a coffee shop of some kind, you are generally stuck in the same place. Um, And it it does tend to have a, a wearing effect on you. And I can vouch for that. Having worked from home for over two years now because of the pandemic, it does start to lose its sheen. At first it was, you know, it was a kind of a novelty. It was, well, great because you saved money and time and you were able to mix business and pleasure you know you can take your lunch break and then go and do a a something quite nice with your family or take your husband or your partner out to lunch or whatever it is and then you can return to work afterwards whereas if you're in an office with a long commute away from home you weren't able to do that what do you think people have you're saying that people are coming to the realization that they could leave a job or not necessarily do a job or do something different but it's going to be the same thing isn't it wherever you work surely well, the, the question really comes down to it. I think
1: companies are changing that. I recently heard of a chief mindfulness officer where people are actually taking very seriously their, their capital. I mean, especially as we transition to knowledge work. You know, with manual labor, like if you're working on a semi-line or, you know, a certain other jobs like that, you know, you know training up someone new to try to do that job is easier. Right. Mm-hmm. But when. When your entire value of a company is in your consultant and then the ability for them to project and work with customers or in the cyber you know, operator who has to go to protect your network and that's understand and know your network, replacing people is not as easy you know, as it was in the past. And so companies understand that, you know, a couple of things that came from paychecks that kind of reemphasizes that people are looking for better work environments and better companies are more supportive is that 60 percent of people. That uh, paycheck workers, that paycheck survey said that uh, they want to prioritize mental health benefits mm-hmm. in their next job. 80% of millennials do, right? And so, and, it, and it, the 80% of millennials prioritize is number one, right? That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think we see with the great uh, resignation too people are leaving higher paying jobs for jobs that have better environments. Right. And if you're a an company and you're not productive, I mean, if you can't keep your people and, and you know, you just can't ignore the trend. There was a Business Week article. I'm sorry, you know, Forbes article says that managers to the detriment of companies who don't understand this trend and try to help their own people will lose. Their companies mm-hmm. will lose in the end, right? And so, I think it's well understood within industry, and it's well understood within the uh, you know the context of you know the HR and boardrooms and stuff like that. So, people definitely are looking to change, and the workers are demanding it. I, mean, I think the workers have a lot of power right now, and employers just don't have the ability to ignore their needs.
0: Right. I agree with you. I certainly agree with you on the fact that employees now have a lot more power than they did. And there is this this demand, you know, for well-being and whether it be apps or whether it be, you know, culture, behaviors, values, but lived values as well, not just written down on a piece of paper that when, you know, you talk about kindness and respect and collaboration and teamwork, you actually see it in your daily interactions which is not often the case and they're having to now prove you know the proof is in the pudding let's see it you know in reality day by day so I'm 100% behind you when you when you talk about that because I've seen it for myself you know there's this emphasis on mental health well-being and being open and transparent in the workplace Um, it's definitely a movement that doesn't seem to be slowing down so how does the app speak to that trend Sure. I think that the biggest thing
1: is, you know, like you said, people can't monitor people anymore, especially remotely, but people can't monitor themselves. Like we were saying earlier with the the commute, Mm. really, if you look at your life, like most of, you know, what you've been taught in school and most of you've been taught by your parents is, you know, hard work ethic, you know, trying to succeed, trying to to do things and and accomplish things. And you're not really taught self-care. Most of us don't know when we're overworking, Right. Until it's too late, that we're exhausted and we have to we fall down, right? Some of us get caught up in the, the excitement of doing the, the project, right, or whatever. And we just don't know how to self-regulate. We just don't know what's impacting us. We don't know how it's impacting us. You know, there's a, a classic example of one of my customers who, you know, was having marriage problems and he needed the app to kind of help him with that because every night when he went home, he was still thinking about his job so he wasn't present with his kids and he would yell at them and his wife would get upset about that. And he would get mad at her for being upset at him when, when he didn't think he did anything wrong. Right. And mm. that led to a lot of marital problems. Right. And, and it's not like he's intentionally mean to his kids, right. Or anything like that. Right. He's just so wrapped up and stressed and about what he was thinking about that he didn't see other things. Right. And so one of the things that the app kind of taught him is to kind of take a break before he goes in the house and take a breath and do a coping strategy to, um, to kind of relax himself, to reset his mind. They call it cognitive reset, so that he's more present with the kids. Now he's dad. He's not job A guy, right? He's dad, you know? And that's something that, you know, is surprising. You know, this guy was in his 40s, right? He never learned. Mm. He never learned how, how what it meant to separate himself, how to be present with other people. He just wasn't that emotionally intelligent, right? And most of us don't spend time doing that, especially if you're, you know, in a working class, you know, you're not, like, independently wealthy, thinking about, you know, your pedicures and stuff like that, you just aren't given the skills or the resources often, right? Mm. To kind of take care of yourself and understand what's wrong with you. And oftentimes, you know, one of the things that the address, app also addressed before I jump into it is that when you have a problem like that, where do you get help? Now you're Googling online and looking at you know, thousands of different like meditation schemes and mindfulness and how do you know what works for you or not, right? And, and that's the two things that app really address. First is self-awareness. We want to you know that when you're under stress, we have anxiety and depression and stuff like that. There are physical effects. Your heart rate goes up. You don't sleep. You feel nauseous. You feel pain, right? And we want you to understand these things that the body, your body, is telling you. Not just ignore them. Not just say, "I can handle it. It's no problem. I can handle the kids. I can handle what's going on." But your body is telling you that something's wrong. So we use wearables to kind of do that. So we monitor heart rate, we monitor uh, breathing rate, body temp, your sleep patterns. You know, and so from that standpoint, we're really looking at the the, the response your body's having to stress, right? And say, hey, this is what it feels like. This is what's happening. And we also do cognitive testing. And we can see, you know, the effects of stress on your thinking patterns, how you make decisions, the cognitive fog you're in when you're under stress and you haven't slept, right? Uh, And so we're we're measuring both those things with what we call psychometrics and with biometrics in regards to the wearables. And so we have a pretty good picture. Uh, We call it a digital twin of you. And uh, really, we believe that we can create a mirror and you're self-aware of what's wrong uh, and you can see yourself in, in objective standards, right? You'll do something about it. And that's something that we we firmly believe in. Like, we need to let you know what's going on in your body. We want you to be more aware. We want to collect data only on you because it's how your body's reacting, not anyone else's. And we want you to really understand that because we realize that our app isn't going to be whipped out. Like, you know, the kids are screaming and, you Bye. know, you're you're an hour late from, like, whatever you have to be at at a... Uh, you're not going to whip up the app and go search through coping strategies. No. <laughs> you want to be able to understand when you're stressed, what your trigger points are, right? And we want to learn that with you and then be able to give you notifications. saying, hey, you're a little stressed right now. You can choose to do something about it or not do something, but at least you're aware, though, right? You know?
0: Makes and sense. And the second
1: thing I was talking about earlier, yeah, yeah, I mean, it does. I mean, it's funny, you know, how much in denial people are, especially with mental health issues, right, kind of thing. You know, no one wants to admit they can't handle it. You know, um, exactly, and a lot of times, I think a stress is kind of a gateway drug. It's kind of a hard way to say it. But if you're stressed and you can't handle your life, what do you go to? You start getting addictions, right? Mm. You Start drinking. You start doing other things to try to escape the pressures of life, right, kind of thing. And that just leads to worse problems in the future, right? And so just being understanding, you're under stress and you need to do something about it, as opposed to letting it get so bad, right, that the only way you're dealing with is drinking or drugs or whatever, right, kind of thing. And then that's very helpful for you. We want to actually, that's why we say, you know, before you get exhausted, burnt out, angry at the company and all that stuff, we want to teach you the skills to take care of yourself so that you never get to that point.
0: Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, How I have great. a counter counterpoint for you on that. It's interesting what you say, and you alluded to it just now. You said that, you know, people don't necessarily want to address health problems. And I can totally, you know, that really resonates with me because I tend to suffer from high blood pressure occasionally and but don't know unless I use the monitor to be able to measure it it's a right. bit of a faff and you know it's uh you know also nerve-wracking because you're worried if it's going to be high and um, then right. you're relieved if it's low and then you know you have to do it again the next day and it's continuous so it is in in of itself stressful so you know I wonder is it something that people would need to know continuously how they're doing
1: well, I think the question really comes down to when you look at something like blood pressure, and you're trying to do it, uh, when you want to do, it and trying to figure out what it means. A lot of times, you you know, is it normal for like for me, my blood pressure tends to run a little high. Hmm. What's the normal blood pressure I should be? Right? What's my normal? My norm? Right? It's hard to interpret a lot of those things. So, and when you look at that, you say, okay, I'm getting nervous because I don't know what to do. It's exactly. number high what do I do about it, right? What does it mean to me? Right. And that's something that we want the people to understand so that we believe that it's called a monitored life. People, especially wearing more and more wearables, you know, if you can understand what the data means, then you can do something about it, right? right. You, know, you, can, you can actually actually work on it and you're more interested in the data once you know how it means, how it affects you and what you can do about it, right? And that's really the big thing that we see a lot of people missing, a lot of other apps or competitions that People just, they focus on letting you know something's wrong, but they don't focus on helping you do something about it, right? Mm -hmm. Make it useful for you, right? That's really the second part of the app that we work on. We're gathering about, you know, 30,000 coping strategies. We're trying to get to a million by the end of the year, right? And you say, well, that's a lot of coping strategies, John. Just tell me what to do. I'm like, but the thing is, is that what you like to do and what you're able to do based on your schedule and your time and and location, right, will have a lot to do with coping strategies you choose, Right. They want your coping strategy to yell out loud in frustration, right? Just to release yourself, release mm-hmm. the angst a little bit. You're probably not doing it in the middle of a boardroom, right? You're probably not going to do that, right? No, and so, indeed. And so, you know, there's all these ideas of one size fits all coping strategies. Go go meditate. You know, you're stressed, go meditate. Well, well, what am I driving the car? I'm stressed, right? You know, how do I meditate? <laughs> if I'm driving. You know? you know, the kids are young. I'm on a three hour trip. You know, what am I going to do? And so, from our standpoint, we want you to kind of learn. I call it building a tool chest, which copy strategies work for you. So we kind of introduce them to you. We kind of train you through them, kind of let you try out ones you like, you know, let you kind of specify kind of like interest areas you have, right, kind of thing. And so we call it kind of like a Netflix recommender where, you know, we're letting you try different things until you understand and we can actually hone in what you like to do, right? Right. But we go beyond a Netflix recommender because, you know, Netflix doesn't really care if you enjoy the movie. They Not like really, that,
0: right?
1: no. <laughs> but we care about, you know, what the impact of our coping strategy is on you because we're monitoring you because we're measuring the things I talked about, right? In regards to your mental and your physical health, we can tell you directly which coping strategy have the best impact on you. Right. Which one's calming you down the most, right? Kind of thing because we're monitoring it, right? And that goes back to your question in regards to uh, heart rate and blood pressure. When do you monitor yourself? That's what you have to do continuously, right? And so from that standpoint, you know, we really want you to build that toolbox. So we want to make you what we call mentally resilient, Right. Be able to pray, approach your life because, A, you know when you have a problem, when you're in stress and B, you know what works for you, right? And you can pull it out in the moment, right? You can pull the one that works at home when, you know, you're you're in private, the one that works in public, one that, you know, works when you have kids around you, right, kind of thing, uh, what, yeah. works when you're alone. And so there's that education that we want to do so that you're both self-aware and then you can self-regulate, you know? Um,
0: yeah. And I love the fact that it's, it's intelligent and it adapts based on the data that it receives but how intelligent is it is it so intelligent that it's able to flex based on a person's mood for example or you know i'm just interested because you get these apps that say that they adapt based on the input that they receive but actually you tend to get more of the same with occasional tweaks it would be interesting to know what it's based on
1: sure sure so there's two ways to kind of approach coping strategies and what to recommend to you right The first is kind of a rules-based system, which we see, you know, do you check these boxes and you check the box and we recommend that, right? Right. Exactly. But it doesn't necessarily mean that's what I like or what I know what to do with. Right. Kind of thing. If I haven't tried the coping strategy and I don't get a rate where it works for me or not, you're going to keep giving me the same stuff every time and I don't want the same stuff. Right. Mm. I want to try something different. I want something new. And so from that standpoint, you know, it's super important to do that measurement and get that feedback. You know, also, you know, one of the reasons why we do continuous is that you know we want to continuously monitor, right? Because your body is a not a high or low kind of thing. You're not always happy or, happy or always sad. You you cycle, right? And I kind of liken it to diabetes because the same thing. Your body is regulating hormones, right? In case of diabetes, insulin. And so you you're you know you could be very high or you could be very low in blood sugar, and it matters when you use insulin to kind of address those kind of issues, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times with mental health, we don't know what to address and when, right? And, right. and so, like, you know, having a fixed answer for something doesn't make any sense because we want you to understand where your different conditions are. We want you to understand, you know, what working means to you, right? Because exactly. I don't want to be the one that determines what working means to you, right? I want you to understand that. And so AI does that. AI takes in data and monitors trends, right, and predicts, you know, whether or not you're you're happy or sad, and happy and sad are some of the psychometrics that go into it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, or have you been depressed for like three weeks, right? Are you anxious for a month, right? As you go back to work and you're worried about getting sick or whatever, you know, those kind of trends, you know, we want to be able to identify it to you because you may not be aware, right? Yeah. You may be blowing it off. I can take care of it. And then, like I said, you know, it's all about you learning about yourself. Our app is very self-driven. We don't have an agenda. I say that, you know, hey, we don't care what coping strategies work for you, right? They work for you great. We're not trying right. to market your data anyone else, right? You know, and so if it works for you, that's what we're really interested in. We want to see that you have positive outcomes. And so the question really comes down to is, can we use data to monitor that, right? Instead of giving you, here's the chart, you know? for what your your stress level was over the last week or two, and then expecting you to figure out what to do, right? We say, okay, this is how we interpret what's going on with you. Do you agree or disagree? And if you disagree, we'll try to adjust it, right? Yeah. So we're constantly taking inputs into what we call a model of you, our digital twin. And really, you know, your body's gonna tell us what something's working for you. You're gonna tell us if something's working for you, right? And you're very much in control. And that's the difference between us and other things. Other things don't really monitor people, don't get feedback from people, right? Don't really care if the, the coping strategy works for you or not. Like you said, mm-hmm. you know, give me the same thing over and over again, and they they don't not that they don't care, they can't care because they don't know how to measure. measuring. Exactly. they have no idea where it works for you or not, and that's the difference between our AI. Our AI is constantly taking in. I mean, you can see how the AI works, like with Netflix. Like eventually, you watch the same type of movies, you get a certain recommendation, right? You know, right. And get the movies you like uh, and that's ai That's say i learning constantly about your behavior and your patterns right behave uh, based on how you act not asking you right but watching you and helping you kind of understand your own behaviors right and that's what we're doing you know yeah we we're we're monitoring that for sure
0: it is and it's so it's fascinating it's a fascinating subject because people aren't straightforward or black and white you know they are you know anomalous and you know strange sometimes and unpredictable, so you know these kind of AI tools like you say netflix i'm an avid watcher of Netflix, but sometimes you know you just wonder what on earth you know the recommendations are, where they've come from <laughs> because they don't resonate with you at all, but obviously there's something somewhere that's you know made it think that you would like a particular program so it's interesting, but I don't think it's necessarily foolproof. And You know, I love the sound of the app and it does. I'm a real sort of advocate of well-being and health and all things exercise and healthy living, etc. cetera. So really it speaks to me as a tool, but, you know, I don't know whether it would work for, it definitely wouldn't work for everyone, but I guess, you know, it would be up to individual choice to, you know, make a decision on, on whether it's something that would be beneficial. But for someone like me who loves health and well-being and looks after herself very well, you know, I think it would be a a great use to me in particular and to lots of other people. So, I mean, what, how is it working at the moment? How many users do you have? What's the trajectory for the future?
1: So, you know, we have about, you know, 60 users now, we're going to 300 and then to 2,000 in the fall. We're right now working uh, primarily off of uh, covering contracts in the U.S. for the government workforce. Trying to improve their kind of health and situation, mm-hmm. and we've been pretty successful uh, in regards to that. We're constantly growing, we're a small startup company, and so, but you know, based everything on uh, real uh, clinical psychology, we use what we call acceptance and commitment therapy to kind of help people move things along versus cognitive behavioral therapy, which is more targeted to fixing a problem like stopping smoking or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more about trying to deal with life. To your question, your comment about Netflix, real quick, one of the problems that AI has or, or has had is that they do large population sets. They want to see what everyone in Netflix like. Mm-hmm. They want to group you into little different groups based on kind of your, your characteristics, your demographics or whatever. Right. And then they're going to choose movie from that pool. Right. It makes it easy. Right. Yeah. But you know, for us, we take a much harder problem on it. We say, okay, I can't compare you. Someone who's having, who's anxious and someone who's depressed aren't going to react the same way to a coping strategy.
0: Exactly. Right?
1: They would like the coping strategy. And so from a standpoint, you know, that goes back to kind of what we talked earlier. You have a fixed answer or you try to group people and do comparisons. And both those are, are very limiting, right? Mm-hmm. In the fixed answer thing, you don't care. In the, the comparing it to other people, comparisons don't work when you couple people, right? Like you said, they're chaos engines. They, they do weird things. They have different expectations. Exactly. Stuff like that. And so, you know, you needed to create an app. We need to create an app that's success is not defined by us. Success is defined by you, mm-hmm. right? What works for me? Do I really understand, you know, how I'm feeling and give given moment? I'm more aware of my emotions and how much stress I'm under and stuff like that. And so from our standpoint, you know, when you talk about works or doesn't work, it's really up to you, right, as a user, because we want you to be more self-aware, right? We don't have to be more self-aware, you, right? The app's going to help you understand yourself better, right? But you are the agent in this, right? You are the thing that, that we're building everything around. That's right. In fact, that's what Amplio means. Amplio is Amplify in Latin, Right. And the PS is the middle of people. So we're trying to amplify people, right? And so from our standpoint, you know, that's the difference between us and our apps. Other apps are telling you what to do, right? And, you know, anytime anyone tells you something to do, right, um, based on statistics or whatever to have, you know, that's what big data is, statistics, they're always wrong. Yeah. They don't know you, right, kind of thing. Exactly. Um, I think medicine started moving towards that in the idea of like precision medicine, where epigenomics matter right you know your genes and your your environment and all that stuff and it's the same for your emotion how you deal with stress right you know if you come from a family that doesn't deal with stress that kind of shuts things off you probably don't deal with stress that well right right you do a company with like therapists and kind of ways to kind of work out things and actually emphasize mental health then you probably deal with stress a different way right none of that i know right as a, a ai or a company that works on this stuff right so from that standpoint you know um it really is up to the user to kind of define what that means and that's that's kind of what we push and that's kind of what we're trying to do we're an aid we are not your mental therapist we're not right. your,
0: exactly. uh,
1: we're not we're not your mom or anything we're not going to tell you how to feel yeah i want to understand how you feel right look at yourself and say, okay i i really can't handle this stuff and thank you for letting me know i'm going to pick a coping strategy to help me kind of cope with it and i'll self-regulate right you know it's, it's the same thing like when you um when you try to force someone into diet right don't eat meat or go vegetarian, or something like that, right? Mm. Again, you're telling people what outcome you think they need, right, or what's good for them, and you know people rebel, right? Now we see like a lot of apps and a lot of like uh, you know wearables and stuff like that, you know, when they're predetermining the, the outcome. Most people give mm-hmm. up. People's like, that's not me, right? No, that's not exactly. who I am. I don't weigh. I don't. Know. So this is garbage, right? Kind of thing. It's not going to work for me because I don't know what you're basing this off of, right? Like you were saying earlier, but for us, we're like basically on you. <laughs> this, is yeah. you this is a, you know, the a, your body a key
0: differentiator, you isn't it? It really is because you're writing, yeah. you know, when you say that these packaged packaged solutions just don't work. And and often, you know, I was smiling as you were talking about Netflix, but it's such an apt uh, analogy because I love this program on, on Netflix called uh, Frank Grace and Frankie. It's uh, Jane Fonda and um, okay. I've forgotten the other lady in it. Uh, but it's a fantastic program, really good comedy. And I, I'll watch it you know, nine out of 10 times. But, you know, one day I actually logged on and I didn't fancy, you know, watching it. And I didn't want to watch anything like it because I didn't feel like that that day. I wanted to watch a, a thriller or a scary movie. But in my feed was none yeah. of those things. You know, all I got was much of the same comedy, you know, about older women, you know, or women, you know, and, you know, having a good time or making friends. And you know, I didn't want that that night. So it's, it's so interesting what you say. You know, the individual has to be the driver of their experience because otherwise it won't work. Another funny anecdote that I'll give you before we wrap up is when you look on the back of a medicine packet you know, for example, age categories, right. it will give you a prescribed amount, which is generic to the population. So I have a child who's 10 years old, and it will say two, five mil spoons for a child who's eight to 10. But when my son went to hospital right. a couple of years ago, you know, I said to her the category at the time he was, I think, between sort of five, seven and, and nine is five meals." but you're giving him 10 mils. You know, the doctor was giving him 10 right. And he said, oh, no, uh, we go by weight. We go by weight and we go by height. Oh. And I thought, well, then, then everything they're putting on the packet is wrong. I know. I know. <laughs> it's bizarre, well, isn't it?
1: Well, that's the thing with big data. When, when people talk about big data and AI with big data, right, you're creating large statistical data sets, right, of people. And statistics are hard to interpret, right? Mm. You know, uh, one of the things in the U.S., you know, we talk about the median income. Right of fifty-five thousand dollars a year, right? For a family of four.
0: Mm. And if you actually graph
1: US incomes, it's, it's bimodal. There are people on the high end side and a lot of people on the low end side, right? Right. No one is at fifty-five thousand dollars. No,
0: exactly. There's right? no average, is there?
1: And that's the problem with statistics. You know, like we have like when you talk about the kids and what, what dosage they that's what the average they found in their, in their study, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so they said, Okay, we looked at three hundred people, we looked at four hundred people, whatever, you know. And the average for these kids is this, right? And so yeah truth that's the ground truth that's the answer to everything right follow these directions follow this thing because statistically we found that that, that's what it is right but right like people are different and and people have different needs and so you know statistics don't really matter the only statistics that matter is how you are doing right right and how you're doing at that moment right because that's the nice thing about continuous like you were saying earlier you know sometimes you don't feel like it right Mm. you know we're marching all the time. So we can show you your mood patterns and when you're happy, when you're sad, and when the things that are driving you. And then, then again, that's making you aware, right? And so you can go now choose a coping strategy that, that works for you when you're sad, right? Yeah. When that works for you when you're happy. And, again, that's why we have, we're have building up such a large library. So you have those options, right? And another thing we want to do, what we want to do is also challenge you. If you're only doing, you're only going in and ever looking at one set of uh, categories for coping strategy, we're going to suggest something out of the blue. You know, you may like meditation, you just don't think you do, right? You know what I mean? Right. Um, or you don't know how to do it. And so we do want to expand you out a little bit, but we want to make sure it works for you, right? You know, so you know the outcome. But but that's the idea. The idea is, you know, we have to build everything around you and what you need and not just say, hey, based on everyone else, here's the comparisons because, you know, all women a certain age, like this type of movie, right. Um, you know, you know, especially if they watch this one and, you're not every woman every day. <laughs>
0: no, you're <laughs> I mean, not every woman every day. And that's, that's such a great point that you mentioned. I love the idea that you're building up this huge library. It sounds gigantic, but I think, it, you know, you're going on the right track by providing different options because what you don't want is just to be getting more of the same every single day and then not being challenged, like you say. So I love the idea of being challenged, but then that's me as a human being. You know, I love being challenged. I like challenging myself. So that really speaks to me, but... You know I don't know I can't speak for everyone but it, I mean it sounds amazing I love the the sound of the app if if people want to find out more where can they go They can go to my website
1: www.amphio.ai. Uh, there's a contact sheet that I answer so the email is contactamphio.ai. we can definitely talk to you more we're actually starting to work we've been working in the government for a while now we have about $4 million for the contract with the federal government, U.S. government Chelsea. here. Um, And now we're, we're actually, this year, we're actually going to move over to commercial world. That's why when you ask, you know, the commercial thing, I can't give you quite statistics on the government side, right? Because sensitivity is there, right? But right. as we move into commercial, um, we do commercial pilots. We're more than we're willing to do that. And if your company wants to do a pilot, right, uh, with us, send us a contact email, you know, let us know, right? Because we're, we're actually looking for, people to partner with and try. And when the, the pilots right now are free, right?
0: Because oh, uh, we
1: want to make sure we calibrate it for you. So we don't do it for individuals because, you know, one of the things that we are really concerned about, again, because we're concerned about outcome, right? We have to have a path to hand off to, you, to someone else, right? You know, we're not going to solve any kind of chemical issue in your mind, right, if you're bipolar. But if, you know, you're, you say you're happy all the time, you're sad all the time, there's something wrong with you. We're going to suggest... And that's something that people need help with too, that maybe you need to go see somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And then we want to hand it off to the employee assistant program or to you know the the squadron psychiatrist or whoever's available, right? Kind of thing. And you usually have that through work, right? Because work is where a lot of your benefits come from. Yeah, uh, we work with uh, some major league baseball players in the U.S. and they had like you know psychiatrists on speed dial you know, fly into whatever city they're at, right? Kind of thing, and work with them. Most of us, I I don't have that, right? I can't dial up anyone. No one's going to fly to see me, right? And so a lot of us get our help from our companies, especially in the U.S. I know the U.K. has more uh, public medicine, but just being able to hand it off to somebody or suggest someone to you, is something that's really important to us too because we want to close the loop for you, right? We don't want to get to the point where, you know, people commit suicide or people, you know, shoot up a mall or a high school or something like that because they can't deal, right? We want you to say, you know, Here, you have to be aware when you need additional help. We need to hand you off to somebody, right? And we'll keep reminding you, hey, you you keep being sad, right? And if you keep being sad,
0: Mm.
1: that leads to things like suicide, right? You need to get some help, right? And so – and all the coping strategies in the world don't seem to be changing your mood, Mm -hmm. right? And so – we have all the COVID strategies in the world, we're putting it on the app, uh, and so we actually say that, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you know, go get some help, right? And I think right. that's a huge thing for us. So we work with companies. Uh, we try to hook up into their, like I said, their mental health, uh, you know, benefits or, or things they help the, the employee with, and and uh, so we're doing the pilots with companies right now, uh, yeah. So to make sure that we have that final step for you.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. I love the idea of handing off to EAPs or, you know, other resources, because often that's the piece that's missing. You know, you get the information, you get the data or you get the little coaching piece, uh, you know, speech on your phone and then that's it. It switches off and you're left feeling, you know, bereft and alone. So I love the idea of being able to hand off to another party, a third party, to be able to take it further. It sounds as though you're making great progress. And I love the sound of the app. I'll be keeping an eye on it to see how it all progresses. It's been amazing talking to you, Trung. And thank you so much for your time and I look forward to hearing more about it going forward.
1: Sounds great. Thank you very much for your time too.
0: Cheers, Trung.